Super Talk Mississippi media production. Specializing in Ford, Nissan, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Rams. CorinthAutoGroup.com and FordOfCorinth.com, where cars and happy drivers meet. Visit us now in person or online with the experience you deserve. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. Now, don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. And, of course, you can always find us, too, on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch good things. Don't forget that. We are on your computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to Super Talk TV. And today we're hoping to get you excited about the 65th annual Mississippi Gym and Mineral Society's show. It's coming up. February the 24th through the 25th in the capital city. And joining me is John Rogers. He is a member of the Mississippi Gym and Mineral Society, and he also loves collecting rocks and making jewelry. So welcome, John. Well, thank you very much. And, and welcome back, because I think the last time you were here, it was two years ago, which time, as we were talking about, just seems to, to fly by. But so are the years of the Gym and Mineral Show. So 65 years. This is that this has to be one of the longest running shows in Mississippi. One of the longest running shows in the South, I think. And it gets bigger and bigger every year, huh? Well, a little bit. I mean, we are kind of limited by the size of the space. If we had a bigger space, we'd have more vendors. As it is, we only have 28, but that's quite a few. What do you think has kept it going for six and a half decades? Just the general interest of the people involved in that uh, group. You know, this is our main fund- fundraiser. We are a nonprofit organization and so this is the main fundraiser that takes care of the bills because if you have a um, field trip or anything like that you have to have insurance to cover those people and there's no way we can really pay the bills that we do with our membership fees so this this is the big thing how far and wide do people travel to Mississippi for the Mississippi Gem and Minerals show? Well, it sort of depends on whether you're talking about the vendors, which come from a wide distance, or if you're talking about the people that just come from a few states away. Let's talk about both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we have vendors that come from uh, the Midwest, you know, as far away as Illinois, and uh, from the West, as far away as, say, Arizona or New Mexico, and, you know, that's... It's quite a wide area. They, people like that, that do this. They care. They uh, cover a circuit, mm-hmm. and so they go to certain ones. And most of the vendors that we have want to come back every year because it is such a good show and well populated. So we feel very fortunate that we can choose from what vendors we want to have there and what ones we say, well, no, they didn't do such a good job for our customers, and we'll just get them back another year. So when it comes to vendors, I mean, that's what draws the people out, their curiosity of what will be sold there, but also what they can learn there. So is there a mixture of that from, obviously, I'm sure jewelry or anything you can think of to be made, but is there something to be learned there as well? Oh, yeah. And that's one of the wonderful things about it is that if you go around the edge of the room 
if you start off on the right, you have flint nappers that are showing you their craft. You have the Mississippi Archaeological Association, which if you have artifacts of some kind, arrowheads, old pottery from Native Americans, early Native Americans, they'd be off on your right, and you keep going around to the left. George Phillips from the Department of Paleontology at the Mississippi Museum of Natural Sciences there. We have uh, the Office of Geology is right beside him. Then in the back, you have uh, the Ole Miss and Southern have their geology departments there. So if you have a child or you yourself have a rock or fossils or some type of artifact, early American artifact, you want to find information about, bring it with you. This is the place to get it. And then one of the things I love is at the very front of the class, very front of the room this time, instead of in the back, they have what they call touch and see. So they have native rocks. They're typical native to Mississippi and surrounding area. And they want you to touch them. They want you to pick them up and feel them, play with them, Mm -hmm. this sort of thing. And then if you're interested, for the children, of course, they have a scavenger hunt where the kids can pick up a piece of paper and they don't go around getting things from other places, but they go around getting stamps on this from the, from these different places. And it gets them involved in the show, gets them around to see and learn. And then uh, it also makes it more comfortable for parents to have to drag them along with them. <laughs> Come on, we, so know, we, yeah. we know exactly. But then, too, I think uh, we'd be surprised at how many children um, have a love for collecting rocks. I think the last time you were here, mm-hmm. Mr. John shared mine. Um, she doesn't do it as much as she used to, but would love to get outside and look at the rocks and sort of see what's out there and watching her imagination go wild about what she was finding mm-hmm. was just so much fun. And so I think kids are just naturally gravitate, gravitate towards being curious about what's outside and somehow we kind of lose that curiosity when we get older or we don't we we continue to smoke that fire have you always been interested in gems and minerals i was when i was younger and then i kind of got away and away from that when i started learning about the human body which i taught about and then later when i got close to retirement i thought i want to look at something that i enjoyed when i was a child (laughs) and there i went and so I've stayed involved with it for at least 10 years now, maybe 15. I really don't know. It's kind of a track of time. People would be, I think, surprised to know how much history or just fun things may just be in their own backyards. I know people think in terms of, like, finding arrows or, or other things. But when it comes to just interesting rocks or even gems, are there some nestled all throughout Mississippi? Pretty much. Um uh, when you look at a glacier, a glacier pushes rocks and debris and everything in front of it. And the glaciers go back maybe 60 million years ago. But when they were moving south, they were pushing these rocks in front of them all the way from up in Lake Superior. So there are rocks that are found in Mississippi in the gravel that come from far north and you have agates that come from Lake Superior that are found in Mississippi. So there's a high possibility, depending on where you live in Mississippi, that you could find these sorts of things. And when those glaciers started melting, you had rivers that were mile wide, miles, mm-hmm. miles wide, uh, 50 miles wide or so, that were flowing through here. And you'd have, if you were in Clinton, 
you would have seen icebergs flowing by on either side of you. You know, it's just it was a massive melt when those glaciers melted over a period of many years. Maybe a stupid question, John, or silly question. I know there's no stupid question. But, <laughs> okay. like, from a child like mine, how do you define, like, what a – I know what a rock is. Don't don't look at me that way. Like, I mean, you pick up and, like, it's a rock. Like, I can identify a rock. But, like, uh-huh. what is a rock? What is a rock made out of? Okay. How does a rock become a rock? Okay. So, so you've, got a, you've got a solid object, which is your rock. And it can be formed from uh, just the sand that – settles and gets compressed and then you have so you have sedimentary rock which gets compressed that way you have rocks that can be formed from a molten material such as lava uh, when it hardens and you have uh, in that form you have igneous rocks that are formed by heat and pressure and then you have rocks that are formed um, in a metamorphic way as so with a means sort of a mixture of both a uh, classic example is you have a sedimentary rock that's just formed by compression. Mm-hmm. And it's been compressed enough for finally all that loose material is solid. And then you get it in some type of a um, place where the earth is shifting, a fault line, and it gets pressed and it gets heated. And when it does, it changes from that old sedimentary form. It becomes more solid and uh, in some cases, it gets very shiny and brittle and transparent. It's hard to tell what form it's going to take, but you have all those in between. And when we say gem and mineral society, mm-hmm. the mineral in there applies to substances that are naturally found in the earth that are inorganic, means they're not made from a living animal or living living person, and uh, that they are typically homogeneous. They're the same all the way through there. And that brings us to another type of rock where you you look at many of the rocks that are composites, and they have a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and all that, they got compressed together. And so you look at the rock and say, well, that doesn't look the same all the way through. Well, that's because it's not, and it's a number of different minerals that make up that particular rock. Would it be fair to say, Mr. John, that no two rocks are identical? Like <laughs> snowflakes? Like snowflakes, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you, there's something that we, I think we take for granted as you walk over them. If you've got gravel or you've played with them, picked them up, skipped mm-hmm. them on a lake. But, I mean, I'm sure we, I'm, I'm positive I learned that or that question was asked at some point in K-12 uh, education. But it's just not something you sit and ponder. Like, what are these things? And they're in our backyard. And we should definitely be more curious about it. Maybe you're already out there. Maybe you've got a stash of, of gems or minerals or rocks that you would like to know more about we'll talk more with mr john coming up next
making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome to Earth, third rock from the sun. Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We hope you've taken time to download the Supertalk Mississippi app. And know you can always find us, too, on that local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. But if you'd like to see what's happening, you can do that on your computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to Supertalk TV. We're talking about the 65th Annual Mississippi Gym and Mineral Society Show. It's coming up February the 24th to the 25th. We've got with us John Rogers. And, John, we never said where's it going to be other than Central Mississippi. So where's the show going to be? It's at the new trademark that's right next to the Coliseum. It's uh, from... Starts at nine o'clock Saturday and Sunday, goes to six o'clock on Saturday and four o'clock on Sunday. Adults are eight dollars, students are three dollars, scouts and leaders in uniform are two dollars each, and if you're five and under, you get to walk in free with your parents. With your parents. (laughs) (laughs) Or your aunt and uncle or grandparents. Yeah, exactly. And you said that you guys will have it wall-to-wall with interesting vendors from around the country coming to sort of not only, I guess, um, educate you, but then also to sell you sort of things. Oh, yeah. They're happy to sell you. I'm sure. I'm sure they are. And um, you're also welcome to bring things. So Jeff and Pontotoc on our C Spire text line said when he was a kid, he he saved every rock with a fossil in it. He must have had like 75 pounds of rock. Sadly, he doesn't know whatever happened to those. Jeff, that is kind of sad, but that is still something I feel like kids or people, when they find, they tuck away somewhere. And John, you say, if you've got that, you need to bring that. Oh, you do. Yeah. Uh, they have George Phillips. It's, it's, it's going to be one of the people that's there. He's the paleontologist at the Museum of Natural History that has the Fossil Roadshow every year. And uh, he would love to see whatever fossils you can bring. And we've got three different booths that have experts on rocks. So if you have a rock that you don't know about, um, show up and we'll steer you to a booth that somebody can help you find out what that rock has to say, what it can tell you about itself. You never know. I mean, you're curious about it already. You've saved it. You might as well come and find out its true history or meaning. You may get, you may be surprised. Are some fossils, are they valuable or are they more just interesting? I'd say they're more interesting than valuable. Very few of them are valuable, but some of them are unique and special. Yeah, I can remember finding a shell uh, at one of our uh, uh, rock, well, Rock digs, rock climbs, whatever. We were on a field trip. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There we go. We're on a field trip, and I found this shell uh, and gave it to a friend of mine that works there with George, and she showed it to him. And it was about five, six times the normal size. It was the largest size of that particular fossil that I'd ever had. And I, for me, it was just looked like a shell. I didn't have a clue, but apparently it was quite unusual. You still had it? No, I gave it to them. So it's in their collection with my name on it now. Oh, see, now that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that is pretty cool um, to think that you may have something like that. Now, it's it's the gem and mineral. We talked about minerals, but the gem part, they're a little more harder, a little more harder. Listen to me. They're <laughs> harder to find. Or I guess there's less of them out there. Yeah, and, and a gem really depends on what you want to talk about. If you're talking about something fabulous like a diamond or an emerald, yes, way harder and not going to be a Mississippi. But... Unless somebody drops it off the ring. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
but you so know, we just it, don't have the right, I guess. Um, land, or why? Why do we not have diamonds? Well, if we have them, they're going to be very deep because we did have uh, volcanoes back here in the past, and so we have a a history of that. But they're so deep buried in Mississippi, you'd have to go down many. Hundreds or thousands of feet to find them. So, so you're not getting back there with a shovel. No, you're not. Gonna. You're not going to do that with a <laughs> <It laughs> shovel. Not even a pit. No. Not even a pit. Are there gems though that we can find in Mississippi? Yeah. So you can find semi-precious stones, are referred to as agates, and you can find uh, quartz. Uh, there's a number of those semi-precious stones that came with a flood. You know, uh, those glaciers moved south about as far as Memphis, and then when they started melting. All that just moved into Mississippi. So there's a lot of those semi-precious. Now, there are there is a, uh area in Mississippi, and I don't know where it is. I think that's one of the secrets that they try and keep, uh, where you can actually have natural opals that are found in Mississippi. It's a, uh, it is hard enough just where you can polish it and make gems out of it. But it's not like the opal that you would find in Australia. So when it comes to gems, Mr. John, the way we remember or way we think about seeing them, they're all polished up and shiny. You're not going to find them like that. No. So you'd have to know what you're looking at to know if you found a gem anyway. Correct? Well, true. Now if you find an agate, uh it's pretty easy to once you've learned to identify an agate, it's pretty easy to identify them. And quartz is pretty easy to identify. It doesn't take a lot, really, when you think about it, to identify most of the semi-precious stones. Just a little bit of education will do it. And then, of course, when you get it and you want to finish it up, you want to polish it up, well, there's people at the show that are showing you how you do cabochons or how you facet stones, this sort of thing. So the demonstration goes beyond just people telling you about the... uh, what type of rock it is or fossil or Indian artifact, that sort of thing. But it's a... Taking what you find and then making it into something else, which I know is another big piece to not only your passion with gems and minerals or rocks, but also that's there at the show. So is there a big interest in jewelry making or making things from the things people find? Fortunately, there's enough of one. I don't know how big it is, but all you need is just a small percentage of those people interested in that and then we have the club members but if if we didn't have that we wouldn't have club members which is a reminder that this is the biggest fundraiser for the mississippi gem and mineral uh, society so what do you guys do you mentioned you're a nonprofit, mr john what do you guys do on an annual basis as as members as collective members what is y'all's mission generally speaking we have a program once a month we have classes every uh saturday we have the club open and members can come and i'd say about maybe 20 classes 15 or 20 classes during the year that they can come and learn how to do different things we have a uh, room set up with equipment for doing cabochons we have a room set what up what is with that Cabochons are these polished stones, dome-shaped stones. The early gems and stones that you find in uh, real old settings of jewelry, they were cabochons. They were these rounded stones. They didn't know how to do facets back then. And so 
uh, you have that. We have uh, saws for cutting these rocks into slabs so you can then uh, cut the shapes that you want and then polish them. And we have a variety of different pieces of equipment that we have to keep working. And then we also have field trips on a regular basis, usually one field trip a month, although we don't do that every month. Sometimes it gets a little too hot in the summertime. So that sounds like a whole lot of fun adult field trips. Are you guys going to specifically mine for things, if that's the right terminology, or look for things or dig for things? Generally speaking, most of the field trips go to areas where the gravel that came from the glaciers all that gravel, where it typically collected in areas. You know if you've walked by a stream how gravel tends to congregate in one area and then you find mud in another area. Well, those areas where that gravel is congregated are pretty well known. And so they typically we go to places like that, although my understanding is they've got some nice field trips planned for out-of-state too. This last year they took a field trip to, to uh, Arkansas looking for the – um, the crystals, the quartz crystals that they have, that they mine up there. Is there a requirement for joining? I mean, if you're obviously you need to be interested in it, but who would be a good fit for being part of your society? Just about anybody, except I'm trying to remember the age, and I can't tell you that off the top of my head. Too young or too old? Too too young. <laughs> <laughs> if you can hobble, you can you can get there. But you probably would have to be 18 or older, I would assume. No, not really. Uh, They take children, and I'm trying to remember if it's 10 or 12, something like that. But there's an age limit in there as far as uh, the number of the age of the children for going on field trips because they just can't get them insured. Age six. Junior membership starts at age six, Rhino said. He's our good back there fact check. Fact. Wonderful. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> which seems which seems reasonable, and it also seems like something so much fun for like the entire family to do. I know you picked this up later in life, Mr. John, but I'm sure or you would wish you'd have never given up your love of, of rocks throughout your... It would have been fun. It would have been fun. Yeah, there wasn't that available when I was growing up. So, Well, this has been fun. If we want more information on getting tickets to the 65th Gem and Mineral Show, where do we go? Go to Miss Gems, M-I-S-S-G-E-M-S with any search engine you want. Do that, and you'll be able to find information about the gym show, about the rock club, everything. All right. So M-I-S-S-G-E-M-S, Miss Gems. All right, Mr. John, come back for the 66th annual, okay? It'll be my pleasure. Thank you so much. You guys stick with us. we got more for you up next. When the clock strikes 12, we'll cool off and start rocking around the clock again. Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Good things. 
Don't forget we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. You can always find us on that local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. If you got a smartphone, you can download the Supertalk app, stream us live from there anytime, anywhere. And then, too, on your mobile phone or your computer, you can find us over at Supertalk TV. Don't forget we're still offering you a chance to win Taylor Swift tickets and a cash gift, Margaritaville Resort and Paradise Pier Fun Park in Biloxi, along with Supertalk Mississippi, is helping you get there. And you can get a pair of tickets to see Taylor Swift's tour at the Superdome in New Orleans coming up Saturday, October the 26th, plus $1,000 cash. So if you want to know how to do that, you can go to supertalk.fm slash Taylor Swift. You'll find a full list of registration locations, pop in, uh, give them a little bit of contact information, and then boom, you are signed up. And so you have to be in it to win it. And our girls, our favorite trio is back. They are still in it. There's a chance that they could win it. You know who I'm talking about, Chapel Heart. They are on again tonight for America's Got Talent Fantasy League for the results and their final performance. So they are hanging in there to see if maybe they walk away with a win this time. But if not, they've already won in our hearts. And then obviously they're already continuing to excel to keep uh, to keep moving up the ladder in these competitions with such great talent. So the show starts tonight at seven o'clock. And so on, I think NBC is if you want to watch it uh, there. It's been interesting, Rano. I have a. Uh, Long been a fan of AGT. I catch it. I mean, I'm not diehard on any of them, but if it's own, I kind of watch it. It's usually one of those things. It's a little more interesting than just the singing competitions, although Chapel Heart is singing. Um, but it's been neat how they've kind of added in that element of allowing the judges to also be uh, coaches. I don't like that, like the home audience doesn't get the opportunity to kind of be more involved like they do in their regular season, but that's just because we have home people there that I would like to vote for, and that would be the only reason. Um, but other than that, you know, you've got the best of the best, and it is, it's insane what some people are talented at doing. Yeah, other than just singing. There's some insane. Was it AGT that had the guy that came out with oven mitts and duct tape on his mouth and pantomimes the whole time? Yes. So you go from that. So you've got these two family members who do really crazy stunts with one, like they're on top, like they're head to head. So like he's like in a handstand on top of his head, but his head is holding the other guy's head, if that makes sense. He's upside down. And they walk around. Acrobatics. Yeah, that would be a word for it. Um, <laughs> so until every musical thing possible. It was interesting, though, a couple years back, you had the young lady who won who did the ventriloquism. Her name is escaping me. If You you can let us know if you know it. And she's had this incredible run um, in Vegas doing her her ventriloquism, whatever. Ventriloquism. Yes, it's a bunny. It's a hard word to say on a Monday, Rhino. Try saying it through the mouth of a puppet without moving (laughs) yours. Yes, which I would say, of all the things other than comedy, because I have been here to say that is the hardest, Singing on stage to me would just be absolutely terrifying, something I would absolutely not be confident in, and there would have to be somebody's life. I don't know. I might argue with you on that. I would say ventriloquism is harder than comedy. Yes. No, it may be be more difficult to make someone laugh with your comedy, but just cracking a joke on stage versus getting on stage with a creature on your hand that you have to give life to without letting anybody see your mouth move? No. Agreed. That is much harder and it for it to sound good and then they belt out and sing and they are able to go back and forth it's a whole like you are talented and coordinated 
and that is tough to sometimes to sometimes get. But she was brought back as a puppet master. <laughs> it's like I just know when I'm going to fail. I'm just not even going to try it. But she chose to not do that and then just to sort of step out and sing. And it's so it's interesting to see what people when people start to put you in a box. And she's Ray in Long Beach has got you covered. Darcy Lynn. Yes. Thank you, Ray. Darcy Lynn Farmer. Yes, that's her. Darcy Lynn. And I feel so bad for her because she tried something new. She just wanted to step out and show a different side, as, as many performers do. There's a lot of big names who they act and they sing and they, act, you know, do the whole, you know, the different sort of things. But it does feel like some folks just really want you to do what you're sort of best at. And so it didn't go over as sort of well for her, which is so strange to me. You love her singing. With a pup, with her mouth shut, with a puppet, but you don't really want her just singing. Well, I think part of that is you you understand there are limitations to the human voice and what it can produce and project through a clenched jaw, and you're trying not to let anybody see your mouth move. Mm-hmm. Compared to, no, you don't have any of those limitations. It is your voice compared to everybody else's voice, not with those limitations. I think it's a totally different ballgame. You get more grace when there's that added hurdle of... Oh, yeah. I mean, think about it. You're believably making a puppet sing. Mm -hmm. Even if it's not singing well, you made the puppet sing compared to you singing like a puppet. That's probably not going to go over as well. No. But she tried. I mean, you know, it takes a lot of of guts to do that. We don't know if Chapel Heart will win tonight, but we do know that Stamps Restaurant in uh, Jackson was just voted USA's Today's, one of USA Today's restaurants of the year. So if you've ever traveled through the the capital city and had that, you know that it's it deserves an award. So it's been family owned since 86. They get an award just for portion size alone, let alone the flavor. So I've heard – so the article used the word massive. Would that be a fair for a Stamps Burger? Oh, yeah. Massive beef burgers. They also have turkey burgers, and they have a portobello burger. Who goes to Stamps for a for a mushroom burger? I'm sure it's delicious, though. Oh, yeah. It's probably delicious, but that is – it's almost sacrilegious. Well, I mean, that's – I appreciate um, – some restaurants, you know, that get it right. You know, now I'm... You want veggies, eat the fries. <laughs> this is stamps. It's a burger. It's a burger. It's the same way my dad looks at my mom every time she goes to a Mexican restaurant and orders a burger. It's like, seriously, there's... Why? You know. But she is the... Um, oh, what, are they, what do they call it in the restaurant industry where you have... Sometimes you'll have places have off-the-wall menu items because they call it the veto vote. So it's like if you've got a group of five people and four of them want Mexican, but one's anti-Mexican, you got to have something on the menu for the veto vote. It's like, fine, if that's what y'all want, then there's something there that you know I can eat. And it's sort of like throwing a bone for the rest of the group to get what they want. And that's just one example. A lot of restaurants have what they call the veto. They don't call it that on the menu, but they should to call you out like <laughs> your order. Well, really, though, it's the... we got the appetizers, <laughs> the entrees, the kids' menu. And for you sticking the muds, we got the veto vote but on re- the back really, here. it should be a thank you, because if it wasn't for the burger, like, you know, they could have swayed the rest of the group's opinion to go somewhere else to please them. But they went so they could have 
have <laughs> so the majority could enjoy could enjoy their meal. That's also why you have um, very distinct ch- kids menus. There's a whole fuss about what kids menus should look like on on restaurant in restaurants. There's a big push against smaller portions of what's on the menu for kids to have variety that we've just sort of gotten stuck to the cheeseburger, chicken nuggets, mac and cheese. As that's being a kid, and at some point, when do you transition into other taste, textures, and flavors? But then there's a lot of parents that when the say, "Kids' meal isn't enough to fill you up, and you're eating off your parents' <laughs> plate." All right, it's time for you to eat a big boy meal. And then, um, or is it that parents appreciate that their kid would then be the veto, and if they didn't have said chicken nuggets, boy, things have changed. Yeah. I could see mom being a veto vote. If it was dad and the boys wanting to go somewhere and mom's like, nope, not eating there. But one of the kids being the veto vote? No, we would just sit there with an empty plate. All right, you can have some water. You want to be a stick in the mud? We're eating. You can eat too. Order off the menu. There is some good wisdom there. Yes, but... I'm not walking in every parent's shoes. And so, you know, but that that is um, it's out there. That's what it's called. Ray in Long Beach goes back to Darcy Lynn and says she stood a stayed with the ventriloquist. Ventrilo- I just appreciate you could spell that out. <laughs> Ray. <laughs> it's a dying art because it's hard and there are only a few out there performing it. I agree, but I give her props too for spreading her wings and trying something new and maybe she realized hey that ain't working for me so if i'd like to pay the bills and entertainment i will go back to you know what got me there um and then someone let us know uh obviously i've been coming up too good chapel heart was voted off a couple of weeks ago but they're performing as guests tonight yeah i wasn't going to correct you because i i haven't watched it i've just been keeping up with it so i didn't know it was well, like, I well, saw did they their- miss something did they did they still what what's going on? Well, I saw their post, and so that's what I was going off of, and it did not mention guest performance. It just mentioned performing. So we're all right, and I was slightly wrong. <laughs> it's still another performance Stand by Mississippians corrected. on national TV. Yes, and their winners are in our heart. But thank you for correcting us. We want to be we want to be correct here on good things. So stick with us. We got more coming up next. Keeping up the rhythm, steady as a clock, doing a little thing called a hillbilly rock. And stories that make you smile. This is Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. Welcome back to 
of good things. Don't forget we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm or also streaming from that Supertalk app. You can always find us too on that local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And we hope you know that you can get your Supertalk Mississippi news stories, which are covered by our Supertalk Mississippi news team, up at supertalk.fm. If you want to stay up to date, you can sign up for our free weekly newsletter. You can do that over at supertalk.fm slash newsletter. And if you want to stay up on some of the best highlights or headlines of our state, then you should do that over on the Good Things Facebook group. Um, I try to do my best to share what I can find out there that's positive about our state. And even though we are all thinking baseball right now, there's two cool football stories over there um, that you may want to read. Not really about football, but about football players. One being that Mississippi College's new beautiful fire pits, they are absolutely fabulous, were created by a former Choctaw football player, Lewis Riley. He played in 91. He's now a phenomenal sculpture artist and master welder, and he's based out of Denver, Colorado. And he put his skills to the test for his Choctaw family. And y'all, they were absolutely beautiful. You'll want to see those. And then the Mississippi Food Network had a wonderful mobile pantry uh, day last week. And Mississippi Valley State football players suited up, came out, and helped to distribute over 300, fam- uh, 300 food to over 300 families and helped them out on that day. So some good headlines about uh, our people in Mississippi over on the Good Things Facebook group. Rhino, you know, I always like looking at what people do dumb to win world records one day i'm going to have one i just it won't be this one but one day i think i'm gonna go back and at some point really give the whole try with the what's the pouchy drink capri sun yeah that whole thing if it ever comes back up and gets broken i may have to put that one to the test here's one that i do not recommend you trying but here we are someone someone broke it a danish man stuck 68 matches up his nose for a world record. Why? Do you ask? I don't know. You'd have to ask him. But he's 39 years old, which means he's in a midlife crisis. So he's 40 is fast approaching. And he thought to himself, oh, I've always made it to midlife. And I do. Sports car. <laughs> or a couple record. dozen matches up the nose. Sports car. Mm-hmm. couple dozen. I'm going with the matches. Mm-hmm. He did. And so he surpassed the Guinness World Records goal of 45 matchsticks. Who comes up with this? And he said, surprisingly, it didn't really hurt. I have a fairly large nostrils and quite stretchy skin. I'm sure that helped a lot. It's a quote you want out there forever. Um, but he chose the matchstick challenge after researching different world records he could attempt. He said it doesn't think he can... Currently beat his own record, but he hasn't ruled out trying it again in the future. So he'd have to train his nostrils, he said, to shove in a few. <laughs> so here, this would be plot twist, and you have to light them all on fire and survive. <laughs> That'd be terrible, right? Just took a turn. <laughs> and for my next magic trick. <laughs> I just can't imagine sitting around and going, like, looking at a box of matches and think. I mean, how do you train for that? Do you see if you can get the second knuckle of your index finger up your nose? I don't know. I have no idea. The world is full of interesting and strange people who are willing to do. Obviously, there are worse things to be doing with your time than sticking matches up your nose. But I feel like that is a very, like, I can hear myself telling my children, do not put that up your nose. Like, do not, you don't swallow things. You don't put things up your nose. You know, that you have to get them out and then to actively then watch a grown man shove things up their nose. Are there even 65 in a box? Oh, yeah. It's a hundred in a little matchbox. Okay. I think. 
Fairly then, certain. So I'm assuming that next step would be the full box. The full box. I mean, is it a hundred or fifty? Now I'm questioning myself. I have no idea. When's the last time you bought a box of matches? Now I guess there's the big box of matches. You remember back in the day? I mean, there's like the big box. A standard match box is forty to fifty. So I was, yeah, I was off. But the standard is like the it's like the size of a lighter, right? Like the standard max, like. But then you have the big. And apparently, box. shrinkflation is hit because at Walmart you can buy the strike on box green light matches, and they come in packs of thirty two. Do you remember? Were you old enough to remember going into hotel rooms and there was like you had the matches like back when you could smoke everywhere and you had the little match books, match books. And then that was also a way of people advertising their businesses was to pass out match books versus business cards. I mean, that's how every detective in every 80s movie discovered where the, the next lead was. They found a matchbook to some seedy establishment that they had to go question everybody in. Times have changed. I just remember from my childhood the really long ones that your daddy would use to light the fireplace, like way in the back, before you know, before the automatically ones got real, whatever big, and they were fun to play with because it was. But I was never allowed to play with the long ones. There was like a dozen of those over on the side in case Dad got fed up with the regular matches. Uh huh. And but they worked every time, man. Like it was like sword on fire that you would never stick up your nose. Stick with us. You got more coming up next. You got the boys with sports talk from three to six. Rhino and I'll meet you back here tomorrow at two. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.